I just wanted to preface this word that if you feel a little bit offended by this word, just know that I really repented this week preparing this word for my own life. So if you feel like, I don't know, this doesn't resonate with me, it's just too, like, too tough, uh, just a preamble. You don't have to receive it. Just, oh, that was just for Steve. Is that okay? Good? But I'm hoping it penetrates your heart. Because sometimes we need to go to church and get convicted. We can't just give fluffy messages and make you feel good because that's not the gospel. Gospel is a double-edged sword that cuts through the bone and to the heart of the issue. Amen? So the word cuts. And if it cuts good, you feel healed. If it, if it hurts and then you run away from that place and it, you got stabbed, like stabbing is not what Jesus does. He cuts like a surgeon. If you feel like you're stabbed, then that, was, that wasn't the word of God. Amen? Yeah. All right. My wife says, stop talking, just get to the word. <laughs> so I'm just going <laughs> to, I have to warm up, you know? I'm like an old car. I'm getting old. As I get older, I just have to, when I work out, I have to get warmed up. So, all right. I'm going to do part two. So I might have to do part three because I, I'm just really loving these, this message. And it's convicting me like crazy. And I'm, I'm, I was wondering, like, why am I so hospitable and kind when I go to Africa? <laughs> and when I come back here, why am I so angry and bitter and, and like, judge people? And they should be like this. And they should do this. And why, why is that guy driving like that? And they should know better. What the heck is that person? Why is that, why is that guy? You're lucky you're in Canada. And I just, like, my wife is like, stop judging people. I'm not, I'm not ju judging. I'm discerning. <laughs> She's like, that's not discernment. That's, you're condemning. Condemning is different from discerning. So there is a judgment that we need to do. Um, God says, judge in the right way. And I'll talk about that maybe next week. So, but to th this week, I just want you to just re refocus on what I was talking about last week. And I, there's so much I wanted to say. I went home and I'm like, oh, there was so much I wanted to say. That's well, part two, right? Matthew 7, it says, do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use it, it will be measured to you. And as I started talking about, like, worlds that you create, or living in a different environment. Like, if I go to North Korea, I have to live like a North Korean. Amen? Which I did. When I went there, I had to pretend I'm North. When I go to Africa, I have to live like Africans. I have to as assimilate to the culture. I have to... Get used to it. If I go to Brazil, I have to be like the Brazilians. Eat a lot of barbecue. When I went to Brazil, I ate so much shiskaria. Morning, afternoon, dinner. Remember, honey? And after I preached, they gave me a snack. He said, you want a snack? I'm hungry. And they gave me meat on a stick. And it wasn't just a little skewer. It was literally a steak. Right, honey? I'm like, what is this? And she's like, it's your snack. After I had meat, I was so meated out. I no, no more. Like so, you get a. But I, I, I wanted to be hospitable, so I ate the meat and I did everything that I was supposed to do. If you, if you judge, with an unrighteous judgment, and I'm going to talk talk about what that is. When you judge with an unrighteous judgment, you, you leave the gospel, and you live in a different realm. You live by the measure that you 
put for yourself. You live in the standards that you put for yourself. You reap what you sow. Amen? Can I hear an amen? You guys awake. I know some people are in Hawaii right now on a plane. We bless them. We're not jealous. I'm going to talk about jealousy. So, I'm not jealous. I bless you. They're listening to it right now. I bless you. May you have a wonderful time, you blessed people. So, you reap what you sow. But we are not supposed to live in that. We're supposed to live in the grace zone. John 4, verse 31, it says, Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, to, urging him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, Has anyone brought him something to eat? Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and accomplish his work. On a side note, um, you're famished if you're not doing the work of God. Coming to church is not going to feed you. Coming to church equips you to go feed yourself. Do you not say there are yet four months and then comes the harvest? Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. Already the one who reaps is receiving his wages and gathering food for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true. One sows, another reaps. I sent you to what? That you, so that you, would sow what you did not labor and what others have labored. And then you have entered into that labor. I sent you to sow what you did not labor for. You are sowing something that someone else worked for. That's the gospel. That's the generous flow of God. We, human beings are takers. Sinful men and women are takers. Amen? You guys watch the show Hoarders? Everybody just hoards? Yes? I don't know why. It's in a weird way. I, like, I don't like watching that show, but I'm just boggled by the like, demonic oppression on people that hoard. But that's an that's a extrapolation of our sinful nature because human beings without Jesus are takers. We take. We, we think about ourselves and we're we're trying to conserve for ourselves. We want, we want the pie. We want the big piece. You guys understand? So we, we think the world is made up of a pie, and then we get a shake. We get a piece, and when we get that small piece, we get angry because we think we deserve more. But the gospel is when the, God, when the Lord of heaven gives you seed. You guys understanding? So you eat the pie, and you're like, I want more pie. And so you have to like fight with other people to get the pie when God gives you a seed and that seed could produce a harvest. That's grace. That's the generous flow of God. So when you are living in a, in a, in a standard for yourself and you're apart from the grace of God, you're living in what you reap, what you get. You get what you get. What you sow, you get. You understand? You just get what you sow for, what you work for. You don't live in the abundant grace of God. That's one of the things that harms us when we live in this judgment. It harms you because you're outside the generous flow of God. I was in the hot tub today. This is what I do. I work out. I prepare the sermon. I go to the hot tub. I pray. What a life I have. I'm just thankful, Jesus. Pray, grade some papers, pray, and I just, heard, I just heard the Lord speak to me very clearly. Expect 
to see things that you did not expect. And I'm like, bad things? No, I, I just felt something in, like for the next season. I'm not saying I'm a prophetic person, but I did say in August, April we're going to get upgrades, and a lot of people have gotten upgrades. I feel like for the next season, expect to see things that you did not expect. That's the word for us. But to receive that, you have to live in a different realm, a realm where you're not earning the things that you, th you think you deserve. That's the, that's the law zone, okay? You guys following? Because we measure. If you live in that zone, you're measuring. I did this. I deserve this. You're like, I give you this. Or you should, it's very transactional. You should, you should give me something in return. I gave you a present last, last, last year, so maybe I'm expecting something equal value this year. You guys understand? So we live in that zone. But the Bible is very clear. It says, do not judge. It harms us. Why? The word for judge in the Greek is actually the word for condemn. It's the Greek word for krino. Krino in the Greek means to condemn. Now, <laughs> I was really convicted because I felt like this word is going to free up some people this week. I think a lot of you guys live in self-condemnation. You look at yourself, and then you go home, you go home, you look in the mirror, and then there's a lot of accusations to yourself. Things that you should do, you didn't do, because you're living in this condemnation zone. Is somebody listening to what I'm saying? I feel like this word is going to free you. You live in this zone, you're going to live under condemnation. Because the word to judge is that when you, when you judge other people, you are condemning them. You're, you're giving them a final verdict. You're a jerk. Instead of saying, Kenny, you're doing jerky things. <laughs> you're acting in a way that hurts me. You're, like, you're just a hurtful person. You're, when you label somebody, you're like condemning them to that box. Amen? When you, when you start doing that, then you do that to yourself. You are, man, that person is just unlovable. Then you just put, put that whole thing upon yourself. I am unlovable. Do you understand? That's how the enemy gets you. You open up a door, you live in that area, then the accusations will flow like dying water, not living water. You so, because when you start Crino, when you start making a verdict on somebody, when you, when you condemn that somebody to that label, you're creating a hopelessness for that person. You're creating, like, you're creating in your mind that person is hopeless because that person is just a jerk. That person is just greedy. That person is just evil. I know, I know we... We don't do that. We, we, we try to hope for redemption. But I've heard people talk. That guy is just hopeless. That guy, do you understand? When you do that, even in your mind, automatically you return that to yourself. And I believe, 
I just feel like the Lord was speaking to me this week. I believe a lot of you guys have a secret, like, low-key condemnation going to others. That's why you have a low-key condemnation for yourself. And a lot of mental, I'm not saying all, hear me correctly, but a lot of mental, like, depression and despair issues and self-hatred is coming from your judgment of others. I think that was a good word. I just want, I I really hope that that frees some people. (laughs) So the key is to live in the grace zone. To start seeing others through the eyes of Christ. And if you start to see them and to speak life into them constantly, then you start, you're literally speaking life to yourself. I don't know if you guys understand. The more you flow, that's why the Bible says there's power of life and death in the tongue. The more you give life, it's not just about giving life to somebody, you're giving life to yourself. How you talk to others is how you're going to talk to yourself. How you think about others is how you think about yourself. We're so easily... We're, we're so easily deceived. We're so easily, we're so quick to judge. We're so easy, we're so quick to like label somebody. We don't take the time to like discern and take time just to allow the Holy Spirit to work. A lot of relationships break because you're like arguing. You're a jerk. I'm a jerk. You're a jerk. And all of a sudden you start to, you start to escalate. Your emotional levels go up. And, and then after a while, you're like, I don't want to talk to you anymore. And then you isolate yourself. And then all alone, the Holy Spirit is not speaking to you. The devil speaking to you. My boyfriend is just a jerk. He's not doing jerky things. He is a jerk. And then you start to give evidence like in a court of law. And the enemy will bring all the instances where that person is a jerk. Of course, that person is not just a jerk. They've done good things. But you forget it. You minimize all that, and you accentuate their negative, and it starts building up. And you start building a case, and then you judge. You make a final judgment. That guy's a jerk, and that relationship is broken. And that's why it's a log in your eye. It harms you more than the other person. Because you're missing out on divine relationships with people. You just never know who is in your life that you don't like in the moment, but that person is the key to your breakthrough. I don't know. Can somebody just... I don't know. Okay, I I, I said I'm talking to myself, so... (laughs) We were having dinner with Jacob, well, the Africa team. Then (laughs) these guys stayed till midnight. And that's really special because Jacob sees at 9 o'clock every day. That means he loves us. He kept saying, it's time to go. But then, then he kept staying. So I'm like, okay. And we had amazing food, so we just kept eating. I'm still full from yesterday. And I thought Jacob loved me from the first moment he saw me. And then he confessed. Last night he said, well, I thought, uh, when I first saw you, I'm like, who is this guy? pretending he's all wise and smart and he was like doing the gestures that I do it's like who's this guy and I'm like that's what you thought yeah I was just like and I was telling a mutual friend of ours like how long has this 
Bible study, like two, why does he act like, act like he knows everything? All, all, all this stuff. I'm like, that's what you thought, Jacob? I was like, well, let me tell you what I thought. <laughs> Jerk. <laughs> well, good thing he gave me a chance. Amen? Amen? Good thing he gave me a chance and called me up and said, hey, can you teach me the Bible? Because he, he allowed the Holy Spirit to work. And he humbled himself to say, maybe this guy is key to my breakthrough. This whole church would not be here if he did not humble himself. And bypass his initial reactions. The initial reac reactions are always from the enemy because the enemy is shallow. God is deep. If you want to take the speck out of somebody's eye, you better get close. The Bible doesn't say, don't even forget, forget about the speck. It said, if you first take the log and then take the speck out of somebody's eye. Help them. But how do you take the speck out of somebody's eye? Like from here? <laughs> <laughs> Open your eyes. <laughs> That's how you do it. Amen? Amen. Am I wrong? Or like, is there a magical way just like... Ouch, is it? If you want to take a speck out of somebody's eye, you better get close. You, that's what condemnation is from afar with surface shallow judgments making a final verdict. Yes, we have to protect ourselves. Yes, there's crazy people out there. Yes, and they're demonized. And yes, they can attack us. So I'm not saying we have no standards. I'm saying you have to lean with love you have to allow the Holy Spirit to work. You've got to get close. And you have to always think, this person could be my breakthrough. Amen? That's why 1 Corinthians 13, 7, it says, love believes all things. You've got to believe the best for each other, not the worst. Until there's sufficient evidence over a significant period of time that proves that they are against you. Which is very rare. Do not judge by appearances, what you see, but judge with the right judgment that allows God to work. Fruit takes time to see. So let the fruit in other people's lives bear fruit. Takes time. Come on. I'm just, I'm just getting started. You know, you guys know the story of the adulterous woman caught? I think even non-Christians know this. Woman was caught in adultery with a man. They were caught in the act. I always wonder, how did you catch the woman in the act? They were spying on her, right? To catch her in the act, said these perverts were watching, and they were like peeking, and then we got to wait until they're actually in the act, and then they caught. And then, so where's the man? Just the woman. So you see this, and they're about to condemn this woman. And then in the Bible, it says, that woman. There's no name. There's no name to that woman. So it's like we condemn, and then they, were, they had stones, which symbolized the, 
Ten Commandments, the law. They were using the law to kill her. Amen? That that woman, so when you, when you, are, when you see people in that light, when you're so easily, you're easily like the judge and giving a verdict, it's you, and when you think you're better than somebody else, you have to minimize who they are in your life. If you're living in a world where you're comparing yourself with other people, and I'm better than that person, I'm, I'm doing this, you literally have to measure. And so the more you measure, the more that person becomes less human. It's, judgment is dehumanizing. It's like that person. You no longer could look at them. You no longer talk about their good, good nature. You just talk about all the negative things. It's like that woman. I don't know if somebody can hear me. You have to separate yourself so that you can feel like you're better. It's the separation. It's like the othering. That person, you just isolate, separate. I don't know. The, I talked about Luke 18. The, the Pharisee stood by himself. By himself. Nobody likes to be next to a judgmental person. Even if you are judgmental yourself. Stood by himself and he said, Thank God I am not like the others. That word others in the Greek is loipoi, actually means the rest of the harvest, the scraps. Basically, he's saying, thank God I'm the choice harvest, and these guys are the scraps. I don't know if you're on, I'm just, I'm just being very vulnerable here, because sometimes I think that. Sometimes I think that. Sometimes I think, as a pastor, I've been doing this for 27 years. This is my third go-around. <laughs> I call Rain City our love child. Uh, in our 50s, that we didn't intend to have this child, but it happened, so we need to, we need to grow it. <laughs> we came home, oh, there's a child. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Honey, I'm pregnant. Oh, oh, okay. It's our love child. It was not intended. Amen? And I, I, I look and I, I, I think to myself, I, I see some of the pastors out there, and I think, what knuckleheads. I saw a video of a pastor uh, in America. It's gone viral, and he was like talking about how he committed adultery 20 years ago, and then the congregation stood up, and they gave him a clap for confessing, and he was going to take some time off and to restore himself, and I was like, that sounds good, but did it? Didn't know, little did he know, the woman that he had an affair with was in the audience. And came up and said, well, you didn't tell the whole story. When you had adultery with me 20 years ago, for years, I was just 16, just barely out of my 15. I won't barely live 15 years of my life. It's, so people were shocked. And they stopped clapping and like, did you do that? And they people were getting upset and you're like you're a pedophile and then he was like yes I did do that and then I said I looked at it and there's a standard yes of course that's wrong but I just like there's a little bit of a pleasure I took in feeling like God see I am not like that I will never hell no love my children I love my wife never ever ever you will not you will not 
have anybody come up to the front and go, Steve had something when I was a teenager. You will never. It's never going to happen. <laughs> Do you understand me? As God of my witness, you understand me? You guys understand what I'm saying? That is the truth. And, but there's something about having that integrity and truth and then gloating over it because I feel like I'm better than that. Because that too, that person still is loved by God. And that's the mystery of God's grace. And that God still wants to restore that person. But I'm like, not through me, no. <laughs> but I will never, I will never. And I, I felt the Lord speak to me. It's, it's that attitude that makes you equated with that Pharisee. <laughs> that's where the self-condemnation comes in. Then you look in the mirror and like, and you make a mistake. You're like, oh, so stupid. I, have, I know better than that. I shouldn't. I will never. I will never. It's, it, that's when you live outside the grace zone. Because now you are a sinner trying to be a saint rather than a saint that forgets that they're a saint and sins. You guys know who you are, right? <laughs> I am a sinner trying to be a saint. I'm trying to... I'm trying to get to that place. No, you're already a child of God. You're a saint that forgets who you are, and that's why you sin. You guys okay? So we don't want to live there because there's a lot of harm that happens when you live there. I, you know, I preached on this for 20, 70, 20 some years, and then I don't know why, but just maybe this is something that I need to deal with so that I can go to the next step because there's still that side of me that wants to live here and feel good about myself. Yes, I'm better. Because if I live here, then I have to love everybody as God loves them. But no, sometimes I just want to live here and go, I'm better than this guy. I'm a, pe a better preacher than that, and I'm a m better man. I'm a better husband. I'm a better father than that guy. And why does that guy get all that? Why does that guy have that? Who, that, who, are, who is that guy? They don't deserve that. Who, why that person speaking at that conference? I, I, God, have been, even though I've spoken at conferences, but when I don't get it every time, I'm like, why, God, am I not? I am the most integrous person in this Vancouver city. You know what I've gone through. I've persevered. I persevered all the arrows of the enemy, and I took it, God, for you. And now you're saying, that person? You guys hearing what I'm saying? And that's where when you have comparison, then you have jealousy. And when you have jealousy, it's a sure fire way to get into bitterness. And bitterness, what you get, you demonized. Like, oh, no, I, I can't get demon-possessed. I didn't say demon-possessed. Demonized under the influence of evil. That's why Saul, a chosen king by God, became demonized because he was jealous of David. <sighs> Jealousy, if unchecked, leads to bitterness. And bitterness... Oh, I can just talk about bitterness all day, but I have to go on. It says, you guys know the par parable, Matthew 20? I keep watching, looking at the clock, but I don't want, uh, I feel like this word is too important, so you guys can 
Can you guys rest? Because Jenny gave a word today and said, everybody centered themselves today. And can we just give God Sabbath? Not Sabbath hour, but a Sabbath day? Can we just rest? And if you have to go, you can go. But I just feel like this, this word is important. You know, Matthew 20, there's a parable. There's all these workers, and there's the, the master who came, and he got workers to work in his vineyard. And the guy, there was guys who came like early in the morning, and they worked all day. And then there was people were working, and then the master still went. And then there was people waiting. And they said, what are you doing here? We're working, looking for work, but nobody came to give us work. And at the 11th hour, there was only like an hour left, they said, okay, come and work in my vineyard. And after they worked one hour, so look at people were working all day, 12 hours. This one guy works one hour, and they got the same wage. And this Jesus tells this parable, and the people are obviously bitter. Hey, hey wait a minute. We worked 11. This is not fair. We worked all this time, and then this guy comes in and he gets the same thing as us. That's not, uh, but that's the gospel, Jesus is saying. And in Matthew 20, he says, Jesus says, why do you begrudge this? Why do you begrudge this, he says. Why do you begrudge my generosity? And I want you to, I just got really convicted. Matthew 20, 15, he says, so what if I do whatever I want to do with whatever I got? You're not the owner. I'm the owner. Basically, he's saying, I'm God. So what if I bless this person and that person? What's it up to you? And then he says, why do you begrudge this? That word begrudge. Is the word ophthalmalus. Optometry. It's the word for the eye. I don't know why the Bible doesn't translate it like this. It's basically, the translation is, why does your eye look at this in a ponoris, which is evil way? This passage really convicted me this week. I got to admit, I, I, I was listening to somebody, and then they said, the Bible passage says, why is your eye evil? And I said, I, no, that doesn't say that. And I never really looked at the Greek. And I, I was studying the Greek, and I was just, my eyes were popping. It says, why is your eye evil? Because of my generosity. Why is your eye evil? Because of my generosity. Why is it wicked, that word, panoris, which is equated to Satan, Matthew 13, 19, the evil one. Basically, God is saying, when you live in that jealousy and bitterness, and then you are complaining about why it's not fair that you worked and you're an integritous person, why am I not blessed? And that person who's evil is blessed. When you start to measure things like that, and you are basically ascribing to God, you are no longer condemning others, you are giving a condemnation to God. You are saying, God blank it. Notice that people say God blanket every time something bad happens. It's a joke, but it's actually from this. saying, My eye has become evil towards you. You are no longer good. Now, we won't say that out loud, but he's saying that, that jealousy 
will start to become bitterness. And if that bitterness starts to bear fruit, your eye will become evil towards God. And if your eye is evil towards God, you cannot worship God. Because how can you worship God that who you think is evil? Why did this happen to me? I deserve better. Yes, we can lament, but the lamentations in the Bible says, but you are God, you are good, God. That's what we, we can complain to God. Why is this happening, God? This is hard. But yet you are good, God. You're a good, good father. That's the last confession. No matter what's happening in our lives. It's not just a thing that you do for worship and devotion. It is for your soul. For your heart not to get bitter because if it starts to germinate, you will start to say, you are not good, God. God blanket. And when you do that, then you are far away from the grace of God. And then the enemy will have a heyday with you. You are outside the protection of God. You are here all by yourself thinking, There's no, God is not good. Who do I have? Yourself and the enemy. You guys understanding? <sighs> mm. Galatians 1.6, it says, I am astonished that you are so qu quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who will trouble you and want to distort the gospel. But if, even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you receive, let him be accursed. Accursed. In the Greek, anathema, which means banned. That person is banned if they start preaching a different gospel. Basically banned to be destroyed. You cannot preach a different gospel. Why is he saying this to the Galatian church? Now, I had to memorize this whole Galatians in Greek, so I know this inside out. Dr. Sholai, I still remember. I, I don't judge you, Dr. Sholai. I love you. He's probably passed away, but he made us memorize this whole thing in Greek, and it is one of the best things he ever did because that Galatians, that church, was all about returning to the law when they had the grace of Jesus Christ. Because they just couldn't believe that these Gentiles were equated with the Jews. They just couldn't believe these Gentiles had the same grace. So they started to separate themselves and said, no, no, you need to be circumcised like us because, you, you know, we're, we're better. Do you see, you have to be like us because we're better. And then, and then they started to separate themselves because they could not believe that Gentiles got the same grace as Jews, that long history. You guys were trying to kill us, and we survived, and now you have the same benefits and blessings, and you are sons of God too and daughters of God? Hell no. We need to create a standard to make sure you know we're above you and you have to earn it. And Paul comes, and even Peter, the father of the church, was being pulled along because this mob was saying, this is the way we're supposed to do it in this new Galatian church in Galatia. And Paul came and he confronted Peter and said, you are preaching a different gospel in front of everybody. 
And the, we as a church, it, we just dissect little passages and these minor points and speaking in tongues and not speaking in tongues. That's the cult. That's the cult. I'm, I beg you, that's the, that's the enemy's tool to divide us for the periphery issues, the real core issue that is happening in our church in North America is this issue. A false gospel. A religious gospel that is not of God. Putting standards on people and we just let it happen. And we as Christians placate it and that's okay. Well, that's that church. We just blessed them. I, I just wanted to let you know, Paul says, this is the righteous judgment. This is the false gospel. Because it's going to do so many people so much harm, this religious system. Can, can I hear an amen? May I never, ever preach a false gospel to you. There are standards, yes, of course. But I lean with love, and I'm going to tell you about how to lean with love and speak truth and not tolerate because tolerance is not love. Confront people. Talk to you. There are steps. But at the end of the day, you've got to lean with grace. You've got to believe the best. You just never know what that person has in store for you. Thank God my wife leaned with grace when she first met me at the age of 18. Everybody thank God. Hallelujah. I'm being completely serious right now. I know it's a joke, but thank God her eyes were infused with the gospel of grace that she was able to see something in me that even her friends didn't see. Even my friends didn't see. My friend came up to me and said, don't even start anything with Sonia because she's one of the good ones and we know what you're like. So don't mess her up. If you mess her up, nobody will be your friend. That's what my roommate said in university. That got me more intrigued. Whoa, okay. <laughs> Let me prove myself as the good guy. And her friend said, don't go with Steve. Don't. Do you understand? Thank God. Lean with grace. Lean with, you just never know who is there to be a blessing in your life. Don't harm yourself. Stop stabbing yourself. When you try to stab somebody, you're just doing that. <laughs> if, you don't remember from, if you don't remember anything from this, that's why I do these things, so you'll remember things. What do you talk about today? You just get up and go, oh yeah, that's what I do. When you judge, that's what happens. Oh, I'm like, trying to do this and it just keeps coming towards me. You're just harming yourself. Amen?